Today we talk about potential off-season salary cap cuts on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, January 18th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and thank you so much for making this show your first listen every day. Today we are going to continue setting up the offseason for the New York Jets, and we're going to take a look at players who could be cut for salary cap reasons. And this is something every NFL team looks at heading into the offseason. You have to take an inventory of your roster and the contracts you have on the book. And sometimes what you find is you have players who are useful, but just make too much money. Either they're not productive enough for the money they make, or based on the way your team is set up, the money can be spent better elsewhere. Sometimes you have a very expensive player who's pretty good, but you may have a younger, cheaper player behind them who can do the job just as well. Now let's take a look today at what players could be cut for the Jets this offseason for salary cap reasons. And in all honesty, it's not a very long list, and that's for a couple of reasons. The first reason is we're just kind of at the stage of the cycle where the Jets don't have a lot of these players. The Jets really overhauled their roster last year. They were big spenders in free agency. And when you spend big in free agency one year, typically you have contracts that you can't get out of after one year. So next year, the Jets may be looking to move on from some players, and it depends very much on how those players produce in the year 2022. A guy like a Carl Lawson, who the Jets gave a big money contract to last offseason and suffered a serious injury, if he cannot bounce back, and I think it's a very open question what the Jets are going to get out of Carl Lawson next season, he may be gone after the 2022 season, where it would save the Jets $15 million against the sal salary cap. The same could be said of Corey Davis, whose first season with the Jets was up and down. I think Davis actually gets too much criticism. At least I'm saying that right now. Ask me in a year how I feel. But he also was not able to stay on the field for the Jets this year. A year from now, cutting him would save the Jets around $10.5 million in cap space. And then you have C.J. Mosley, who has just not been worth the money for the Jets. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I know he won the team MVP. I know somehow he actually got a vote for All-Pro, which makes zero sense to me. But Mosley, in a year, would save the Jets $15.5 million if, the, if they chose to cut him. However, none of these players are cuttable this year. Lawson would actually cost the Jets money to, to cut. He'd cost them around a third of a million dollars. Davis would cost them around two-thirds of a million dollars. And this goes back to dead money. The Jets would pay these guys more in dead money to not be on the team than, would, than they would cost to be on the team next year. And then you also have C.J. Mosley. It would cost the Jets $3 million more to cut C.J. Mosley than it would to have them on the team next year. Thank you, Mike McCagnan, for that brilliant contract. We're now three years into that contract, and the Jets still can't cut C.J. Mosley. Just brilliant stuff by Mike McCagnan, the gift that keeps on giving. So these are guys who could be potentially cap cuts in a year, but they're not really on the table right now because it would cost the Jets more to not have them on the team than it would to have them on the team. And, you know, you're essentially having these guys count against your cap to not be on the team. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
So there's no real reason to move on from those guys this year. And the other issue that I see is even some of the guys who would save the Jets quite a bit of money to move on from are pretty valuable players. So, for example, the Jets would save $9 million by cutting Connor McGovern, but why would you do that? I just named him my player of the year last week, and it probably would cost around $9 million to replace him with a player of comparable talent. So even though you look at the list, he'd probably be one of the biggest savings by cutting him. It would make no sense because you'd be cutting one of your best players. He wouldn't be worth the savings. You're not just trying to, you're, this is not just some accounting firm trying to save money. You're trying to build a good football team. You don't build a good football team by cutting your best player for $9 million. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, another guy who would save the Jets a lot of money if they cut him would be George Fant. Jets would actually save around $10 million in cap space if they cut him. But again, Fant was good this year. Why would you cut George Fant? He showed that he was a pretty solid tackle for your team this year. So you end up cutting him, and if you do that, you're probably going to spend at least that amount, that $10 million, trying to find a replacement quality starting tackle. So it just wouldn't make any sense. So these reasons have converged, and there are actually very few players who are even in consideration to be cut for cap reasons. And, you know, again, this goes back to the cycle. It goes back to the fact that, Fortunately, the Jets are, for once, in the position where they have guys making decent money who are actually pretty good. You know, in years past, I've gone through some of these lists, and the Jets have had a lot of candidates, and that's because they've had a lot of big money players who were not playing up to their contract levels. That's not so much the case this year, and you actually have guys making money in McGovern and Fant who, at least for this past season, were pretty good and worth the money the Jets were paying them. There are a few players, however, who the Jets might look to cut for salary cap reasons. There's one player in particular who I think is kind of an interesting case. And then there are a couple of other guys on this roster who are making more moderate money, who probably, I think you would argue, should be cut. But none of these players we're going to discuss today is going to produce a massive cap savings. These are players who may save you know, a couple million dollars here or there, maybe money that can be better allocated, hopefully money that can find better players, players with more value, maybe players who take part in more valuable positions. And we'll discuss some of these guys ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday show, where we discuss potential cap cuts for the Jets in the 2022 offseason. You know, today we're talking about moves the Jets could make in the offseason to improve their salary cap situation. Of course, we're hoping Joe Douglas builds the Jets into a playoff team next year with all of the moves he'll make this offseason. As we move through this year's playoffs, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year because BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get underway. Again, it's promo code LOCKEDON, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Not just football, but also basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 on BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Today we are talking about players who could be cut by the Jets for salary cap reasons this offseason. And I'm going to begin by discussing a player who, 
interests me quite a bit and may not interest you that much, but that's because I am a special teams fanatic. And this is a player the Jets signed early in free agency last year, and it was a signing that kind of raised some eyebrows because people saw that he was a cornerback and they had never heard of him, and they realized this guy did not have much of a track record at the corner position, and the Jets had a big need there, so people thought, well, what are the Jets doing? This is the answer at corner. Well, in reality, this player was kind of a special teams ace for the Saints, and the Jets brought him in to try and help improve the special teams. And that player is Justin Hardy. Now, Hardy's salary, or at least his cap number next year, is around $2 million, but there's no dead money if the Jets cut him. So if they move on from him, they get about $2 million in cap savings that could be used potentially on somebody else. And I think a lot of people are looking at this, and $2 million is not a ton as far as cap space goes in the NFL. It's a very low percentage of the salary cap. But you may, you may look at this and say, well, this is not really a guy who helps you on defense. He's only a special teamer. I think I'd be inclined to keep Justin Hardy, though, because if you look at the snap totals, he played across multiple units. He actually played 78.8% of special team snaps for the Jets this past season. He played 368 special team snaps. So he's playing across all different types of special teams units. In fact, Delshawn Phillips was the only Jets special teamer who played more snaps on that unit. And Hardy tied Delshawn Phillips for the team lead with 12 special teams tackles. Now, there's one issue with Hardy. He committed too many penalties, and he committed some dumb penalties. He committed a couple unsportsmanlike penalties, but Hardy's got a reputation for being a really good special teamer. He was a little bit more up and down than I would have liked on coverage units this year, but again, he tied with the team lead for tackles on special teams. He played across multiple units, second most special team snaps on the team, played over 75% of special teams snaps. And for me, it, special teams is one of those hidden phases of the game. You would not believe it, but around 15 to 20% of snaps in the NFL come on special teams. And we just kind of ignore it. We don't pay attention to it. We don't appreciate the impact it has on the game, but it can matter quite a bit. And I'm not saying that you pay a special teamer, I don't know, 10, 15 million dollars a year, but I think paying a little premium for a guy like Justin Hardy makes sense to me. You know, you don't notice him as much as you notice like a wide receiver or maybe a corner on defense. But a player like this can have a role on the team and it can be an important role. And he's the type of guy who can help you improve your team. He can help you win games. And I look at the price for $2 million. This is something I've changed my mind on through the years. I used to be of the mindset that special teams, whatever, you know, you use special team snaps for young players, you know, these are it's where your backups go, you just throw whoever out there. I've come to appreciate what a guy like Justin Hardy can bring to the table. So if I'm only saving $2 million, which is not that much against the cap, and you have to remember, you have to replace Hardy on the team, so you're probably spending about a, a minimum salary to replace him, so it's $2 million minus the minimum salary you're using to replace him. I'd be inclined to keep Hardy on the team. Now, there was another free agent the Jets signed from the Saints this offseason, along with Hardy, and that was Shelton Rankins. Rankins' cap number, if he's on the team next year, is around $6.1, $6.2 million. Only $750,000 in dead money if the Jets cut him, so we're talking a savings of $5.4, $5.5 million if the Jets let him go. This is one I'd cut. I'd cut Sheldon Rankins. I'd save the $5.4, $5.5 million for a couple of reasons. First of all, he was part of a defense that was horrible this year. And 
I've spoke, spoken extensively about how I think the Jets' defensive line underperformed. I think he was part of that. I had high hopes. I think the Jets had high hopes that he and Quinn and Williams could be a great duo at defensive tackle. Rankins had his moments. I mean, there were some big plays in there. I remember against the Titans in overtime, he had a critical pressure against Ryan Tannehill on Tennessee's last offensive play of the game. Tannehill had an open receiver, and Rankins was able to get to him and force an erratic throw. And that forced the Titans to settle for a long field goal attempt in overtime, which they missed, which ended the game, a Jets victory. It's not that Rankins was totally useless for the Jets. It's just I don't think he was worth what the Jets paid him. I think that, again, there were big expectations. There was hope he was going to bounce back from an injury he'd suffered a few years back that came at a point where he seemed like he was on his way to being a a high-impact player in this league. It just, I don't think it's really worked out for him. The other aspect of this is... The Jets have another interior defensive lineman, Foley Fatakasi, who's about to hit free agency. And even though Fatakasi is not much of a pass rusher, and even though, quite frankly, Foley Fatakasi had a disappointing season, if you have to choose, if I have to prioritize between Rankins and Fatakasi, I'd probably go with Fatakasi. I like the fact that Fatakasi has developed into a leader on this team. He was voted a team captain this past year. I like the angle that he was a late-round pick who developed into a quality player. I, you know, I always like the idea that a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere and produces for you gets rewarded. So, I, and I don't know whether it's necessarily a one-to-one thing where the Jets can only afford to keep one of these guys, but you have to remember, the Jets just gave out a big-money deal to John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams. You know, we'll see what happens with him, but he could have some sort of payday around the corner. That's a topic we'll discuss a lot more later this offseason, there is only so much money you can pay at the defensive line. And my personal preference, and, you know, it's a bit of a risk because you wonder whether Fatukasi has responded to this coaching staff. You wonder whether he's the right fit for this system. But if I had to choose, I'd rather keep Fatukasi around for the reasons that I mentioned. And Rankin's at around $5 million, and that's, you know, the savings we're talking about. At that point, I think he becomes a bit of a luxury. So I think I'd probably move on from Sheldon Rankin's. So, of the two free agents signed from the Saints last year, I'm keeping Hardy, and I'm moving on from Rankins. Now, ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we have a couple more players to discuss. Players who, not that expensive, but could save the Jets money if they moved on. We'll give you my thoughts on those ahead here on the show. Today, we're talking about the Jets' finances as they move into the offseason, but you're probably focused on your own finances because tax season is approaching. And people think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out. Or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launched your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about players who could be cut this offseason by the Jets for salary cap reasons. In the last segment, I talked about a couple of players the Jets signed from the Saints last year in free agency. Now we're going to close out the show by talking about a couple of players on the offensive side of the football. And I will begin by discussing Ryan Griffin. 
Griffin counts for just under $3.2 million against the cap if he's on the team. Only around $186,000 in dead money if he's cut, so the Jets save around $3 million if Griffin is cut. To me, this is an obvious cut. Now, if you remember, Griffin actually was cut by the Jets back in August on cutdown day. So he's actually going to cost the Jets $500,000 in dead money no matter what, because when he was cut last August, that led to some dead money. So no matter what, even if Griffin's on this team, he has $500,000 in dead money that's going to count against the cap for the Jets. Now, Griffin was cut on cutdown day. The Jets did bring him back a day later, though. I mean, here's the thing with Ryan Griffin. So we're talking around $3.1, $3.2 million if he's on the team. He really only has one skill, I think. He can read coverages. So he can find the hole in the zone. He can find a vacated area and run there and get open that way. And if you paired that with an ability to block or an ability to stretch the field vertically, he would be a useful tight end. The problem is that he can't block and he has no speed. So while he doesn't completely lack skills, I mean, the ability to read coverages to get to the right spot in your route has some degree of utility. It's not enough for you to be a good tight end. He's okay as a short outlet, but that's not really enough of a skill to make you worth $3 million. If he had any other sort of skill, he could be at least somewhat useful to this team, but at $3 million, I mean, I feel like you can go out, and this has been one of my frustrations with the Jets through the years, they could get what Ryan Griffin provides probably for the league minimum. You know, the skills that really are worthwhile in a tight end are the ability to block, and more so the ability to stretch the field, the ability to work the seam, to threaten the defense, to outrun linebackers. He doesn't really have them, and we all know the Jets need to get better at tight ends. Tight end was one of the weak positions on the team, and I feel like we're heading into this offseason and people are going to overstate how important tight end is. It's, I don't think it's as important as upgrading at wide receiver. Wide receiver is the higher value position. But listen, there's no question the Jets need to get better at tight end. And that $3 million the Jets would be paying Ryan Griffin could definitely be better used on another player. And finally, we have a, one that's pretty obvious. A guy who may have been the worst player on the team for most of the season, and that's Greg Van Roten. million cap number if he's on the team, no dead money if he's cut, so getting rid of him would save the Jets $3.5 million. Look, I think Greg Van Roten served his purpose in 2020. The Jets got him, and essentially it seems like the the idea was that he was going to give you something comparable to Brian Winters, but at around half the price. So the Jets were able to cut Winters and get out from that salary, and Van Roten was not great in 2020, but he probably was no worse than what Winters was going to provide you. And as the Jets continued to overhaul their offensive line, they had to prioritize this past offseason. They were able to draft Elijah Vera Tucker. They were able to bring in Morgan Moses. But right guard went unaddressed, at least until the trade deadline, where the Jets kind of had to make a move. They had to try and figure out a way to upgrade because Van Roten just did not do the job this past offseason. And honestly, if you want to tell me he's not a bad backup, I can buy that. But I don't think he's worth $3.5 million. I think he clearly was the weak point on the offensive line through most of the season. And it's just time to move on. I think, again, he served his purpose in 2020. He was kind of a stopgap there. He allowed the Jets to move on from Brian Winters. But his purpose for this team, I think, is now finished. And 
even if he was to come back, and I, I'm not sure I want him back, but if he was to come back, he would have to come back at a lower price because he's just not worth $3.5 million. So this one, a pretty obvious cut. So that's really all you have. I mean, you could talk Denzel Mims, but you're saving under a million dollars. I didn't really want to discuss any players who would save the Jets under a million dollars. And this just goes back to what I said. This is not going to be a year where the Jets are going to make many moves cutting players for salary cap reasons. They're just not at the right point of the contract or they just don't have players who are going to save the save them a, a great amount of money who, where it's worth it. I mean, you have guys who would save you a lot of money, as I mentioned earlier in the show, like McGovern and fans, but who are worth the money the Jets are paying them. You know, this isn't just about accumulating as much salary cap space as possible. It's about making sure you have an efficient roster and, you know, c- cutting guys like Fant and McGovern wouldn't make any sense because those guys are worth the money the Jets are paying them. So those are the guys I see as the big potential cap cuts. And there really aren't that many, and these are really mostly moderate contracts. I mean, outside of Rankins, I think the guys I mentioned are all potentially worth under $5 million in cap space for the Jets. So it's not going to be, it's going to be a, move, a situation where the Jets may make some of these moves and they'll save them a little bit of money. Maybe it's a role player here. Maybe it's a, like an extra million here to get put your bid over the top on a player. These things will help on the margins, but these are not going to be major impacts on the Jets this offseason. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a good Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions, because tomorrow is our weekly mailbag.